welcome to Addicted to Murder. I'm Courtney, a true crime enthusiast and a licensed therapist with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Trisha, and I just got out of COVID quarantine, so please excuse my nasally voice and my forgetfulness. Uh, Today we're here to discuss the psychology behind your favorite serial killers, and last week we began talking about Ted Bundy, his childhood, and how his child experiences could have impacted the killer he became. So if you haven't yet, I would suggest going back and listening to episode one before proceeding with this episode. Uh, Before we start, I just want to say thank you for all of the people who have given us notes and listened to our podcast. It's greatly appreciated as we don't know what we are doing. We do have an email, so please email us us email us at addicted to murder podcast at gmail.com with positive feedback. We are sensitive souls, so try to be nice. Thank you to our four new followers, Sarah, my friend for 34 years. Amanda, thank you for your service. Bill, I will always remember our camping trips and mom, the creator of my being enough said. All right. Today we pick up with a teenage Ted who has just learned that his father is is unknown and his that his father is unknown and his mom has lied to him about his parentage his whole life. So Bundy resented his mother because he was illegitimate. Bundy's mother, Eleanor, went on to have four legitimate children with Ted's stepfather, Johnny. Courtney, how do you think Bundy might have processed becoming a sibling and being the only one with a different father and the only one who was, as he called himself, a bastard? Well, you know, in all of his interviews and all of that, he Ted didn't really talk very much about his younger siblings, which I think is good information about how he felt about them. Ted was several years older than his siblings, which already creates some distance. And then if we're operating under that assumption that Ted may have had an attachment disorder, which we touched on in the last episode, it would make it difficult for him to form relationships with others. And so it's likely that Ted felt pretty indifferent towards them. He wouldn't have considered them as family necessarily, um, and may have viewed them the same way he would other kids in his neighborhood, rather than having that special fondness or love for them the ways that most older brothers might. Uh, Just to remind everyone, the attachment order that Courtney's talking about um, is basically the fear of being loved because if you're loved, the person that has the attachment disorder feels um, out of control and like that they might die, right? It's that quick summation. You just want to give it? Yes. So we're talking about what's called reactive attachment disorder. um, And that is created through trauma. And it basically teaches a child from a very, very young age that they can't trust or depend on the people that are supposed to take care of them to do so appropriately. And so they do feel like they are safer to be detached from everybody and to not let anyone get close to them. So as Bundy got older and into his preteen and teen years, it's reported that he didn't really fit in with his classmate or peers. In conversations with the killer, which is uh, the Ted Bundy tapes, which is a great documentary series you can watch on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It is um, a lot of Ted talking. Yes. as the name might imply. A girl who grew up with Ted, uh, her name was Sandy Holt, reported that he was teased for having a speech impediment and that he would struggle with tasks that others his age could do easily, like tying knots in the Boy Scouts. Courtney, do you think his speech impediment had anything to do with the trauma he experienced as a young child? Yes, I think it's very possible that it was related. 
when a person experiences a traumatic event, the areas in their brain related to language processing and development can be temporarily disabled because the brain is so focused on that fight, flight, or freeze response and just surviving the situation. Um, so it's actually pretty common for people who have experienced trauma to struggle with stuttering in particular, although it's not clear that this was the specific impediment that Ted had. Um, but there's also some research related to criminal profiling that suggests a correlation between stuttering and violent behaviors. Not saying that everyone who has a stutter is a violent person, um, but there is that connection when looking at murderers and things like that. Um, and so, particularly if he was experiencing a lot of that unexpressed rage about his parentage and about being rejected and being bullied, um, then we might connect some of that stuttering potentially to the violence that we saw from him. So what I'm hearing you say, and I, I'm doing this because I'm trying to process this myself, I don't have your analytical clinical mind, um, is because he was so focused on protecting himself from all of these other things because of all of his trauma, his main focus in his brain was on these defense mechanisms and therefore his verbal skills were slowed down um, because he wasn't giving enough attention to that part of his development because a lot of his focus was on th these defense mechanisms. Is that right? Yes. Um, and just noting, though, this is all an unconscious process. So he wasn't sorry, choosing what he was focusing on. It was just sort of happening in his brain automatically. That's, that's fascinating. I did not know that that was why a speech impediment happened, was because your brain is focused on something else so much that that part of your brain is impaired. So I'm actually reading Mindhunter right now, and it's on Netflix as well, but this is the actual biography by John Douglas, and there is chapter eight is um, called The Killer Will Have a Speech Impediment. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's known, so that's interesting. Um, so what could have been happening to Bundy internally if he was left out or bullied by his peers for his lagging social skills, speech impediment, and an inability to keep up with his Boy Scout troop? So around the preteen years, those like 11 to 13 um, kind of age range, is when people who don't fit in really start to notice that they are different from their peers also the times when their peers really notice that they're different from them um, and middle school age people as we know are pretty terrible sometimes um, we've all experienced that being in middle school um, so Ted around this time might be starting to realize that he does not have the same skills or interests as his peers but because his ability to form real relationships was stunted by his trauma, he would not necessarily understand why he was being treated differently. During an interview as an adult, Ted himself stated that, quote, I had no idea what made people tick. I didn't know what underlay social interactions, end quote. So Ted could have felt confused, ashamed, and angry. So also around this time, Bundy's violent tendencies and criminal behaviors uh, started to develop. A peer from his Boy Scouts that knew him shared that Bundy liked to play pranks and quote-unquote scare people. The, this peer stated that once Bundy came up from behind him, holding a stick as if to hit him over the head with it. 
Additionally, additionally, Sandy Holt, uh, who we referenced before, reported that he liked to build what he called tiger traps, where he would big dig holes in the ground, where he would dig holes in the ground, place sharpened stakes inside of them, and then cover them up with debris, waiting for someone to fall in. And one time it did work as a young girl fell in and injured his leg. Courtney, when we're talking about Ted possibly having reactive attachment disorder and that they will have reported incidents of violence, uncaring, manipulative behaviors, remember in the first podcast we talked about him with knives, do you think that the above behaviors could be explained by RAD? I do. I believe that we could view these actions as serving kind of two purposes for a young Ted. The first could be a very bad attempt at connecting with others through pranks. <clears throat> or involving them in something that he was interested in. Um, So Ted lacked empathy and would not fully understand how other people might feel about his actions. So he might not understand that other people didn't think his pranks were very funny. Now, the second way that this could serve a purpose for him would be showing his power and what he might be capable of to those people who had been bullying him. It could essentially be a way of saying, don't mess with me or I'll hurt you. And although reactive attachment disorder is usually only used with younger children, so if a therapist or psychologist were assessing Ted at the time that he was 11 or 12, he would more likely be diagnosed with what's called conduct disorder, which is used to describe a pattern of behavior before age 15 that includes violating the rights of others through aggression, intimidation, or criminal acts. So I've been struggling with this concept of no empathy. Um, Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but empathy is the ability to understand what someone's going through. Right? Essentially, yes. Because you have been through it yourself. Or you could imagine what you would feel like going through it. Is that sympathy? No. So sympathy is like feeling bad for somebody because something happens to them. Okay. Empathy is being able to relate to their bad feeling. So when they say that these um, antisocial types um, lack empathy or have no remorse, well, Ted has felt fear. Ted has felt... um, pain. Ted has been abused. I get kind of confused on how he la- how it is that he could lack empathy because he's been through these things. Is it more that he just doesn't acknowledge that another person is like him and therefore he can't empathize? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, I struggle with this lack of empathy situation. Yes, uh, that's actually a really good point to bring up and a good question. Um, And if we think about what separates someone who, you know, maybe has that antisocial personality or, you know, what we look at as having no empathy, it's kind of like they only know and can recognize their own experiences. So if they haven't felt a certain emotion, they wouldn't understand what that emotion is. And they'd have a really, really hard time understanding that other people could feel differently than they feel. Okay, so I'm sure as we continue through this podcast, we're going to get more and more into this um, lack of empathy, lack of remorse, and um, sort of like I feel from my research that a 
person with antisocial personality disorders or serial killers or, or whatnot, they remove themselves almost from other humans and think of themselves as an entirely different kind of species. Is that... Um, some of them, right? Because you can... It, the level of kind of like intelligence and understanding varies, mm-hmm. right? So a very intelligent person with antisocial personality might make that connection. Someone who isn't that self-reflective um, might not. But essentially it's more like they think of themselves as the only person who matters. And so the only feelings that matter are theirs. Okay. So it's not that they can't understand other people's feelings. It's just almost like they ignore them and like... They just don't care about them. Okay. All right. So that was a little um, aside. Sorry about that. But that was just something that... uh... (laughs) Okay. So... As Ted moved into his high school years, he was often described as a shy loner who didn't have many friends. He was also a mediocre student and athlete, despite his later claims that he was very popular and athletic, but we know he's a big fat liar. He tried out for sports teams, but he never made varsity. He also was reported to engage in weird behavior, such as lying about himself and being caught masturbating in a school closet, which led peers pouring a bucket of water on him. (sighs) So... Why would somebody masturbate at school in a closet? I mean, that just seems like the exact wrong place to do so. Again, I think that ties back to like the only thing that mattered to him was what he felt and what he wanted. And so if that's what he felt like doing at the time, that's what he did. Well, and we'll see later he has compulsion problems, right? I mean, what he wants, he does. And okay. So, so for someone like Bundy who expressed wanting so badly to fit in and to be seen as, you know, high class, the best at things, how do you think this time as an awkward teen shaped the person he later became? Well, the teenage years are hard for everyone. I think we can all agree to that. Um, and it's a time of trying to figure out what you're good at and who you want to be. So we can see some of this through Ted's attempts at normal teen activities like sports and trying to find a place to excel, even though it didn't really work out for him in these kind of normal places. And this is probably around the time as well when Ted started to observe the behaviors of people around him who were more successful and started to develop that kind of fake charm and confidence that he was known for later. It was also around this time that he may have started to exhibit some of those more narcissistic, self-involved traits, such as exaggerating his skills and thinking of himself in a more grandiose way that he would like others to see him. Courtney, I was thinking that down the road we should have a podcast dedicated to each of the cluster bees, and um, we will see that so many of these serial killers have narcissistic personality disorder, and I think it would be really interesting to do a podcast on just that with your expertise. What do you think? Oh, yeah, we could do a whole series just on personality (laughs) disorders. Okay, cool, because I am totally into the personality disorders. Okay, so back back to Ted. During high school, Ted also didn't really date anyone in particular. He stated about his own experience with girls that it wasn't that I... This is a quote. It wasn't that I disliked women or were afraid of them. I just, it was just that I didn't seem to have an inkling as to what to do about them. 
Now, during this time, Ted was also reportedly interested in pulpy detective fiction stories with gore-filled descriptions of depictions of rape and murder. We know from the first podcast that he was introduced to pornography at a very young age. He also started wandering his neighborhood at night, peeping into windows and trying to see the women changing. With all this information, what do you think impacted his confidence and ability to act to interact with other women? His relationship with his mother, his early interest in pornography, something else? I believe it was probably all of the above that had some influence on this teenage Ted. His distrustful relationship with his mom, along with his early exposure to violent sexual material, along with his lack of empathy and social skills, likely worked together to create this complex and maladaptive pattern, or a pattern that was not working the way it was supposed to. Um, And so by adolescence, this connection in Ted's mind between women, sex, and violence was pretty strong. And he possibly had no idea what else there could be to a relationship. So, and while it's not completely age inappropriate to have no idea how to, you know, get a girl to like to like you enough to have sex with you, this would have been particularly challenging for Ted, given his inability to empathize and form deep connections and attachments with others. Well, and going back to the stuttering thing with his mind um, focused on so many other areas that he's not developing, you know, the verbal skills. I mean, he could be impaired in all sorts of ways, right, of development, which could, you know, be this a regular sexual healthy relationship style. Do you think that because he's focused on so many other things that that also was impaired? I'd say probably, yes. And we know all of those things are tied to good like social and communication skills Mm -hmm. so having a speech impediment or having deficits in language development that also would impact the way he communicates with others and so likely he wouldn't have the communication skills to just like ask a girl out on a date like a typical teenager would well, Bundy also began breaking the lot this time. In addition to being a peeping Tom, he also began, began stealing regularly. And we will see uh, throughout this podcast that Bundy was a really good thief. Um, he was a good skier, but his family didn't have the money to buy him the gear or lift passes he wanted, so he shoplifted ski equipment and forged lift tickets so he could ski for free. He also attempted to steal a car, but only received a warning from the police for that time. So we're starting to see the beginning of Bundy's criminal behavior. As we continue with um, our research in the story, we will see that stealing sort of became second nature to him, almost like lying. What do you think Ted's motivators were for this? Do you think it was the thrill um, or more about not having the money and trying to look good? What do you think it was? My guess would be that it was both and more. People like Ted, who never grew a conscience and don't really have empathy, are really only thinking about what will benefit them the most. So for him, it didn't matter if stealing was wrong or immoral. The only thing that mattered to him was that he got what he wanted. So not having the money was then no longer an obstacle. Additionally, there's definitely an ego boost that comes from getting away with something, and the excitement of each theft was probably one of those stronger emotions that he was able to feel. And so you might want to have that feeling more often. Um, And that also, along with the stealing, Ted also likely got that feeling when he would 
peep at women and then allow himself to have sexual fantasies about what he might do. During adolescence and young adulthood, we are all more impulsive. It's just the way our brains are designed. And so Ted likely would have been acting more regularly on these base impulses related to wants and sexual needs without really thinking them through. This is almost like if we're going to go Freudian, he's like at the id level. Right. It's all id all the time. It's all about me. It's all what I want. I'm going to just go with my... Why there is such a fascination with serial killers? Because... For the, I don't quote-unquote, normal person who has a conscience and feels guilt, like for me anyways, I am just, I cannot even understand what it's like to not feel guilt or remorse because unfortunately for me, my anxiety disorders and all that stuff is stemmed from guilt, you know? I just can't handle it. So it's fascinating to me that there are people out there that just don't have it. Absolutely. That's one of the the big differences between, you know, people that tend to lie on the, like, psychopathy scale and things like that is that they don't experience guilt. And guilt and shame are some of the most powerful emotions that we have as humans because to the vast majority of us, they are what stops us from doing things that are wrong. And we need that or it would just be... Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give all the time for everybody. It'll be chaos. Absolute chaos. So, well, Ted graduated from Woodrow Wilson High School in Tacoma, Washington in 1965. That fall, he attended the University of Puget Sound for one year and then transferred to UW, Huskies, boo, we're ducks, where he was studying Chinese. Ted was a good student in college, but was unfocused about his future plans and goals. While at UW, uh, Ted met his first girlfriend, who was usually referred to as Stephanie Brooks. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if that's her real name or not. She was a beautiful woman with long, dark hair that she parted down the middle, and she came from a wealthy Californian family. They dated for a couple years before Stephanie broke up with him and moved back to California. She cited Bundy's immaturity and lack of conviction as her reason for ending the relationship. As we'll see in the next episode, the majority of Bundy's victims had a striking resemblance to Stephanie. Courtney, what do you think it was about this relationship that may have contributed to Bundy's breaking, breaking bad, and heading down a violent and horrific path Horrific path that would leave at least 30 women dead? Now, that is quite a complex question. If I try to look at things through the lens of Bundy's experience... It might look something like this. So Stephanie is the first successful relationship he's ever had. He somehow managed to convince her to date him, sleep with him, spend time with him, when he'd never been successful at that before. Additionally, she came from the world that Ted desperately wanted to be a part of. Her family had money, influence, and prestige, and especially in their part of California, And so not only was Stephanie a kind of first love, and I say that with huge quotation marks, um, as Ted was not really capable of loving anyone, she also represented his way of getting out of the life he was ashamed of and into the kind of life he wanted. But then, when she broke up with him, all of that was suddenly taken away, And it was because he did not have the social understanding of how to exist in her world successfully. So this would have caused Ted to experience intense rage towards Stephanie, 
um, for daring to think that he wasn't good enough and for taking away his chance. So he didn't get what he wanted and thought that he deserved in his life, and this was because of the women who have let him down. His mother for abandoning him, leaving him a bastard, and keeping him in this mediocre life, and then his girlfriend for ruining his future. So you say that um, Ted can't love. <clears throat> now, is this, do you think, because of the RAD and that he wouldn't allow himself to love anybody when he was a child and he just grew adaptive to that? Or do you think it's because he, he doesn't have empathy and must one have empathy to love? Um, it's curious to me. What are your thoughts? Yes. Um, again, I'd say sort of all of the above. If we think about kind of like that reactive attachment disorder, it sort of is just a label for what we call it in young kids and sort of as people grow up, um, if there's not intervention really early, then that turns into conduct disorder and then conduct disorder turns into antisocial personality disorder. So it's all related. Um, so him not having empathy is because he was not able to learn how to form secure attachments when he was very, very young. And like you said, you can't love someone without having empathy for them. It's, so, it's impossible. So he would just kind of mimic what he thought a loving relationship would look like, do you think? Exactly. Okay. Okay, well, um, that is about it for this episode next episode we're going to get into the murders now that we've gone basically over his childhood adolescence um, getting into his college years he's not done with college yet we'll see that he ends up well, trying to be a lawyer um so is there anything else you want to say courtney before we wrap up today oh not much just that we know you're getting to the part that you all are really interested in and so i hope that we can give you a a different take on it than you've maybe heard before. Yeah, we're really trying to dissect why this stuff happens as opposed to just, you know, telling you what happens. Because, you know, right now, Ted Bundy is huge. I I don't know if that's why I picked him for our first one, but there's, like, all these movies coming out with him and these documentaries, so it's kind of weird that this is all happening. Um, but, you know, he's just, when you think of serial killers, I think of Ted Bundy and I think of Jeffrey Dahmer. Those are the two that pop into my mind. I mean, there are so many others, but mm -hmm. so, um, so again, we're working on our sound. We're new to this. So, uh, please bear with us. We're going to try to release these on Tuesday and that's partially because I just want to say, see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.